Hey leaders, thanks for listening to our podcast. So whether you've had a great year and you're looking forward to that momentum taking you into next year, or you haven't had a great year and you're not exactly sure why, mapping out your direction for next year is super important. And obviously we call that strategic planning. Sometimes though, asking yourself the questions to reflect on what happened last year and then what you wanna do next year can be really hard. So we created an assessment at compassleadership.coach called the Momentum Map. So if you just go to our website and look for the Momentum Map button, you can click on that and get started right away, clarifying where you were last year and what you wanna do next year. It's super simple and super easy and gets you moving in the direction that you need to go with clarity. We'll even send you a personalized plan to help you next quarter. So check out compassleadership.coach or click on the link in the description. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Construction Talk. I'm Jeremy Yoder, really glad to have you here again. And uh, today we have another special guest and this is Bob Hassan. And uh, Bob is a businessman and, and a leadership consultant, uh, an author and a speaker. He's um, both a founder and CEO of RM Hassan Painting Contractors, Inc. And uh, for the, over the last 30 years, he's been an active consultant and board member for churches and ministries and nonprofits, school boards and the like. He's a leader of leaders. And I am absolutely glad that you're with us here today, Bob. Hi, hey, welcome. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. I'm so honored to be here. We're talking to construction people. This is awesome. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I I knew after I had met you uh, at a conference um, that this would, I, I, you know, guys, honestly, having Bob on here today is a real big thing for us because he's awesome and, and an amazing speaker. And when I heard what his background was, my my mind was like, oh my gosh, if we could have him on our podcast, it would be so beneficial to you guys. So that's why I asked him to come and he was gracious enough to come visit us. We may actually get two podcasts out of this. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Bob. Appreciate it. Well, happy so, to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, you started a painting company. When did you start that? And, and how did that, uh, how did that launch? Well, I started in, are you ready for this guys? 1977. <laughs> awesome. I had a, I had a Volkswagen bug, a beetle. It had surf racks on it. I, I live in San Diego, California, where yeah. um, we do have an ocean and there is surf. And so back then um, I had surf racks on my, on my Volkswagen and I, started the business by putting a ladder on the surf racks and a few paint buckets in the back of the back of the car. And I had the ability to be able to talk people into things. So I, you know, painting seemed amazing. I was recovering from a knee surgery uh, in college that and, and there was a guy that was painting the house I was living in. And I was so bored in recovery. I said, Hey, can I help you? Like, I'll take switch plate covers off or do whatever at sand, whatever you want to do. And, and I did, and I worked here for a couple months and then I thought I can do this. And you know, I've apologized to all of those people that I painted their houses in the beginning <laughs> because, Oh man, I'm sure that um, even though, even though I, I, I made people feel good about themselves uh, I'm sure I did a bad job. But here we are, Jeremy, 45 years later, I have a mature company and the company that uh, that exists now is doing the biggest work in the nation. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we 
we uh, completed the Rams SoFi Stadium. It was a new build, and um, we worked at uh, Los Angeles World Airport. So we've been there for uh, the last 10 years working on new builds there. Um, our company basically is siloed. Um, we only work on new construction projects. We're in the hospitality business, which is uh, new mm -hmm. hotels. We're in the entertainment business, which is new venues like sports arenas. Uh, we're in the um, uh, medical space, which is new hospitals. And basically, uh, those are our three silos that our company works on. Wow. So uh, that's a long time to run a company. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm sure, ups and downs. And in reading one of your books recently, um, heard about some of those ups and downs. Um, amazing book. And we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in the next one, um, The Business of Honor. Um, but one of the things I heard you, you talk about was that, uh, you know, in the process of of growing business, there are certain times and in, 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 in situations where your challenge leadership wise. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the beginning stages of, of your company and your uh, leadership challenges or what you learned. Well, I think, you know, when I was 18, when I, when I started this company and, and I think the, the first thing is, is like, I, I need a guy. I, I need a guy. I need somebody to help me. And um, I found someone to ride around with me and do these little small jobs. And uh, I remember back then uh, growing and and having to say, hey, look, I have to leave this job that we're on because I have to go estimate another job. Hmm. And um, and it it hampering efficiency in production. And so what I did, um, I read this story in the Bible a long time ago that uh, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. And I thought, mm, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So instead of ha hiring one other guy, I hired two guys and got another truck and sent them out. And, and so we had these two teams and I tried on Monday morning to meet with, you know, the other three guys and say, Hey, this is what we're doing this week. And these are the jobs that we have for the week. And, um, I think one of the main, if I, if I could say one thing about leadership and where leaders fail or where they really excel is communication, talking about the why, why are we doing this? And, and so I was always good at being able to explain, uh, explain the why and uh, probably over explain people were like, okay, get on with it, Bob, we, we get it. But I, I, I really believe that as a leader, um, if, even if we over explain, we're giving people um, a lot of information that they can buy into and then feel like they have skin in the game in the company. So good. Um, one of the things Simon Sinek says is, you know, people don't buy, you know, what you do, they buy why you do it. <laughs> so it goes on the customer side too. Um, people are looking for that. Why it's kind of an inherent thing. I, I, I believe and and what you're saying is what I hear you saying is, is even those who are working with you as a leader presenting that why begins to give buy-in, they start to go, Oh, I see, I see what we're going to do here. Um, and if, if your vision is big enough, if your why is big enough, they're going to maybe even for <laughs> maybe, uh, give up their own why to follow your why. <laughs> 
there's some good stuff going on here. So uh, how did you develop your why? What were were some of the things that you started to do to kind of develop that why for your company? Well, I, you know, let's back up for a second and let's talk about the construction industry, especially on the residential side. Yeah. Uh, As contractors, whether prime contractors or subcontractors, we don't have the best reputation. When you talk to homeowners, they say, oh yeah, I hired a contractor and they, they stop showing up or they're charging more than they said they were going to do or all a whole litany of things. Yeah. And very young in my life, I, I figured like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell your audience this, this is, this was my rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. I like nobody else has ever thought about this in the construction business. Are you ready? I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to charge what I said I'm going to charge. And then I'm going to clean up. So what that really? looked like, Jeremy, if I came to your house and I was going to paint your living room back in those days, um, I would take down the drapes and move the furniture and paint the walls and mm. hopefully have enough time for the walls to dry so that I could hang your curtains back up, move the furniture back, find your vacuum and vacuum. So when you came home, the only thing that you would know was different with the color of your walls. And and I know it seems super simplistic, uh, but this was this was how I founded the company, and we still operated on the most major construction projects, you know, in the nation with that principle: show up on time, do what you say you're going to do, charge the right price, and clean up. And and that that is how that is how our business grew. So simple, so simple. But those are the things, the simple things that man, make all the difference. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good, Bob. And was it hard sometimes to get workers to follow those simple things? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember back when I was painting, we would, uh, we would have just regular painters whites on. And then I saw, uh, I saw a company that had white slacks on. And so I was like, Hey, that's cool. They were, you know, sort of work slacks. So we, we wore white work slacks and we had, uh, polo shirts with the name of the company on it. And I wanted to differentiate myself. I wanted to say, Hey, when we pull up, we're going to be clean. And this is what you see. And I think, uh, construction companies, no matter what sub trade they're in can differentiate themselves by, by showing the customer, listen, we are, we have quality, uh, we have cleanliness, we have safety. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in the rough trades or in the finished trades like I am. Right. Um, you have that ability to differentiate yourself. And I think, um, you, you know, again, coming back to the simple principle of showing up on time, charging the, the price you said you were going to charge, and then and then cleaning up is is something that no matter what level of construction you're in works. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I totally see that. What, what, what were the customer responses when you would carry out that? Why um, those, that, the, the purpose that you were there for, like to really take care of the customer, what were some of the reactions that you would get? I think, you know, they, we got referred, we, we, our company never uh, used marketing or advertising. We just kept getting referred by people in the early days um, from house to house to house and 
in you know later and uh, when we're our company i feel like when we're in the adolescent stage it was like smaller commercial construction projects to smaller commercial com- construction projects and and i think the referral is the best mm. uh indicator of how you're doing if yeah. people are willing to tell their friends hey this service company is doing something that um i'd be proud to recommend Oh, that's great. And and because we're all fighting for that space <laughs> and and we're in this social media frenzy now with everybody trying to right. find space on social media to you know say what they do. Um, but re- like you're saying, referrals are the are the best way if you can get referrals. But to do that, you have to be above board. You have to do what you say you're going to do. And that's the best way to get feedback, <laughs> obviously. Am I doing a good job? <laughs> right. That's, that's so, so I, hear, I hear younger uh, people in the business talking about Yelp reviews and I, you know, Hey, that's great. Figure out, be, have great Yelp reviews. But, but at the end of the day, you know what I think, I think we need to get back sometimes to basics and just have people saying, wow, this company did a great job. They're in the construction industry. They're in whatever sub trade or prime trade that they're in. They've, they've done a great job and I'm happy to refer them. And uh, Yelp reviews and all the other uh, all the other things that that are available today are great. But for me, I think focusing on, you know, what are real people actually saying and are they willing to pick up the phone and call their friends and say, oh, you need a whatever this sub trade is. This guy was amazing. Do you feel like uh, this is kind of a little off the beaten path, but this question I think is is relevant to those who might be listening, especially in the trades. Um, does it take longer to work on ads and get ads going and pay for ads than it does to get good referrals and create a good referral base? You know, Jeremy, I'm not sure because I've never done that. Um, actually, you know, on <laughs> on the on the other side of my life, on books and and that kind of a side, I have a social media team that that does that. But but to me, I think taking the extra half an hour on a job and and making sure your work is tight, yeah. making sure that uh, it's clean and making sure that you haven't damaged any anybody else's work or mm. uh, or any if you're in the residential business, anybody, anything in the on the home side is really, really important. Taking taking the time to make sure that you're excellent. Excellence is a lost art. Yes. It's so good. That's a, that's a principle. That's a foundation of, uh, of a company. We talk about, you know, vision and mission, how are you going to carry that out? And then values, which are your, your principles, your non-wavering, they're always going to be there. Excellence being one of those things. What are some of your other principles that you guys held on to? Well, it's interesting. Uh, one of our values uh, that that I've had ever for since the beginning is that working for our company would raise the quality of life for our employees. Mm. And you know, early um, mm. that was a that was a interesting thing to to have as a principle because we were just everybody. I was making wages. Everybody else was making wages. But later, uh, as the company grew and grew and grew, um, I started to see that uh, it was important to me to pay above industry standard. 
and to make sure that people, uh, when we could, when the company could provide health care, you know, this is way back before there was mandatory health care, we provided health care. And because it was important to me that the people who worked within the framework of our company uh, were were taken care of, that they weren't going home worried about how am I how am I going to have health care? If if my wife gets pregnant, how am I going to afford it? There's all these basic needs. And then later starting a 401k plan for people to retire. And it's been so interesting because, you know, over all these decades, uh, I've had people retire. And it's been amazing to recognize that, you know, what we did in the early days of the company allowed people to work for you know decades with us and then retire. That's so good. It, it's, it's still so relational, Bob. <laughs> I hear you talk about these things. And one of the, uh, one thing I've been, I've been working on um, a, a specific talk that, that I'm going to be doing here. And, and it was, you know, we, we said it in business all along, like it's, it's, it's not personal. It's just business, <laughs> but it's not, <laughs> it's all personal, man. <laughs> it truly is. It's all personal. So that value that you just said about, you know, raising the quality of life for the people that work with you and for you is, is just super, super, super good. I, I love that. And, and so everything that goes back to those things, excellence, um, you, you don't let those things flounder because you could have started your company that way. And then you know, just kind of keep progressing and progressing and progressing. It sounds like you didn't. It sounds like you continue to go back to your values over and over. Am I right? Yeah, they're they're really, really important to me. Uh, you know, like character. We mm-hmm. I, I try to instill character into into the construction trade. Uh sometimes we'll have people say, you know. Uh, customers say we we haven't worked with a company like yours. You're willing to at the end actually negotiate, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a pile of change orders that you should be um, do a hundred percent with. But mm-hmm. factors from the owner, the ownership team, the construction manager, all the way to the to the contractor. Um, you know, we're we're going to have to negotiate, and and it's a bitter pill to swallow sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the character about is. I want to work with you again. And, and, so and, there's, and there's some contractors who we've had over a 30 year relationship with. And when you take the long view and say, all right, this job wasn't a home run. Uh, maybe it was a single or a double. Uh, maybe we made profit on it. Maybe we didn't. But on the next job, you know, I'm trusting that we'll do uh, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a better result, maybe with a better owner instilling that into your people into your uh, senior management team is important to have the long view rather than a short-term view from job to job that's so good man bob thank you so much for this we're gonna uh, close this segment and uh then the next uh podcast we're going to talk about your book and i'm really excited to get into this because there are some amazing principles and insight into how you create a business of honor honoring people that and you can do really good business <laughs> and what we would say you know have a you know blessing other people by being a blessing in in a company and so uh yeah we're going to talk about that next time bob thanks for being on this podcast with me i really appreciate it thanks so much jeremy 
Awesome. Thank you guys for being a part of this Real Construction Talk podcast. We will catch you on the next one. See ya.